For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Determination comes in many forms, but always starts with a Dunkin' Run. So take your medium or larger coffee in one hand and grab a dollar donut in the other. No matter how you run, Dunkin' Run. A one dollar donut with any medium or larger coffee. Excludes specialty donuts and fancies. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer terms apply. Gonna get this thing started. Welcome to On My Block, a Green Bay Packer podcast with your, your myself, your host, Amon Green, and my good friend and teammate Mike Wall. Man, we had a one hell of a game yesterday played by the Rams and the Packers, but the Packers end up winning at the end. But I, it was one of them games to me, Mike, that it was just a solid game from, from start to finish with the Packers and the way they had they used their tools, you know, used the players that were healthy. Aaron Jones played a little bit along with AJ Dillon. Aaron did his thing with a bum with that broke toe that he decided to post over social media. I think his game plan with that is going to be an NFT later on in life, and he's going to sell it oh, <laughs> to man. make more to make more money. I saw the I'm like, come on, Aaron. He knows what he's doing. He's just messing with us. He is totally messing with us. With I just one. well see, just that's see that's a general that goes back to everything that happened prior to when you're always like, dude, Aaron just thinks he's like the smartest dude in the room. He's playing a joke on everybody. Right. That just that was just like you couldn't have thrown it in everyone's face anymore. And it, of course, because like national media highlighted tension, just nonsense. Right. But it was a it was a command performance. And, and people I was just it's funny. I, I literally just got off like Twitter and, and I'm just reading about all these experts who are talking about, you know, Aaron Donald's <clears throat> getting all defensive player of the year attention. He's He's got nothing. And mm-hmm. you know, Kenny Clark's equal to PFF has them rated the same and like pressures. And I'm like, hold on, guys. Like, you literally have no idea. And Clayton Clark's really good. He's, like, one of my favorite players to watch, right? You have no right. idea how good Aaron Donald is. And, I mean, honestly, if you're the Rams in this in this situation, like, if you're Sean McVay, and Sean McVay, everyone remember, he is the prodigal son. He yes. is the offensive genius. He is all those things because he is a passing game guru, right? Yes, Nobody he said is. he was a quarterback guru. Nobody said he was a defensive guru. He's, he mm-hmm. is an offensive genius because of the passing game and his ability to find space. And if I'm the Rams today, I'm watching this tape and I'm kicking myself. Right. Because the run game was working. It was. The Rams. They, they, I don't know what the average was, but in the first half of that game, and then you could see there's something wrong with Stafford. Whether it's confidence or injury, yes, he is agreed. not throwing the ball on time. He is not throwing the ball accurately. He just he looks like a, a shell of his former self. Honestly, he looks shaky as hell to me. 
Yeah. So I think it's, every yeah, go ahead. No, I know I was just saying to answer that question, to look at that. I think it's a combination of you know injuries and then player knowing that he wants to play, but not really making that business decision of you know what, I'm not where I should be. And be honest with yourself. I've had those calls. You know, I remember I had a hammy bugging me when I came back from my quad and it was hard decision. But I had to say, you know what? I'm not 100 percent. I got to let the next guy step up and play. I can't go out there, you know, with my pride and like, no, I'm a play. I can know I could. No, I can't. You can't do that as a player sometimes. And Henderson, he had three point four yards per carry just to answer your, your question there. So he yeah, the run game was there. I agree with you. Well, and, and that's 3.5, 3.4 yards a carry. But if you look early in the game, I mean, they're trying to run the ball. They're moving the ball. Mm-hmm. And what happens as soon as they let him drop back? I think the first one they dumped off for a quick screen. Next two are incomplete behind the player. And you just watch. It's just like, I, listen, Sean McVay is a great coach. Yeah. But when I start watching things, like I know if a quarterback is, if a quarterback is struggling early, you throw, you don't throw crossing routes. Right, you don't throw deep digs, crossers. No. You throw things into space, or you throw things that are like curls, comebacks, like easy stationary players, screen right? plays, things. Like yes, that. yes. You just you get them into the rhythm that way. That's what's in the best interest of your quarterback. And because, unfortunately, for whatever reason, they didn't do that. I mean, for our benefit, obviously, as as Packers fans, but <laughs> you put them in a position where they're they've looked uncomfortable for weeks. And they played kind of right into what our defense wanted them to do. And then, you know, you talk about the other side, but, you know, for me, the, really the defense won the game uh, yesterday with all the turnovers, the fourth and one plays early on. Like, you you know how it is, man. If you win the first quarter, especially up there in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, you win the first quarter like we won the first quarter. I'm not even talking about the score. I'm talking about right. the strip sack. I'm talking about the fourth and exactly. one on the 30-yard line, like with Amos. I mean, those are big plays. You win that quarter, like you're going to win the game more often than not. Yeah, and that's something I'll touch on later when we give out, you know, player of the game trophies because you look at that, like I said, it was a good, solid win. This is like between the last two weeks, it's kind of the foresight of seeing what you need to have, you know, going on your um, resume going into the playoffs because we see that, okay, you got a loss last week. That's a, that was a chin check. That was just kind of a reality check. Okay, wake up. This is playoff time push. All right, now we now we know where we need to be. We need to do this because if we don't, we're going to make it harder for ourselves to win a division and get to the playoffs, get that number number two, maybe three seed, or maybe even the number one seed. And then this week was like, all right, this is the test. This is playoffs atmosphere game. we got a team that we may face in the first or second round of the playoffs. They have weapons, but the one, you know, one weapon entails Odell Beckham Jr. He's just getting to there. He's just getting to the party. So he's trying to figure out what he what's his role on the team. Um, but the defensive line, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, you got guys that are, you know, respectable. And so when you see that coming to Lambeau, that's was like, you know, for me as a player, I'm like, all right, this is a playoff atmosphere game. Let's treat it as that to see where we are and where we, where we stand. And then to see what, like you mentioned, Adrian Amos, see what he did. I'm excited to see the defense stepping up, players stepping up and doing, knowing their role, knowing the, the importance of the situation. You know, the urgency we used to say, I know we said at a time, our urgency in the locker room this time of year. And that was an urgency type of play. He's got into the box. He was already at five yards. And once he saw that gap, he shot it, you know, hit uh, Henderson, um, yeah, Henderson down for the loss and no conversion on the, um, the fourth and one. And so plays like that, I believe that the rest of this season for the Packers is going to be positive because they understand what needs to be done at this point. Yeah. And they got, they got the horses too. And you talk about the Rams being kind of that, 
they're being praised or there's, they're getting a lot of chatter because they're kind of all in on this year, right? With the, the acquisitions that they've mm-hmm. made, not only with Stafford, obviously bringing in Von Miller later on, and they already had Jalen Ramsey, they already have Aaron Donald, some and some complimentary players. You know, the, one of the matchups that and everybody was talking about before the game was the Devontae on, on Jalen Ramsey matchup. And you saw early on, I think, yeah. I think even Aikman mentioned they were playing a lot of zone. But, you know, what happens in a game like that is when you get that matchup, if, if you're Ramsey, who's a guy who's always looking for the fight since his days in Jacksonville, he's yep. looking for I love that. He, I, I love the doll. way he plays. Yeah, he's, he's, a he's, a, he's an alpha. Yeah. Right. But it seemed to me that he was a little bit distracted with all of it comes with like getting to play the number one receiver in the NFL. He got lost on a slant. You know, mm-hmm. he's he, the, 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 the TD were, were Rogers and who knows what he was doing as far as play calls on when it looks like he's got the RPO and he just takes off running. Like yeah. the only reason if you watch that play, like uh, Ramsey's tucked in so far, it's almost to be foolish not to run it. Right. You know what I mean? And it's just so you just wonder where, where his head was on some of those things. You see him shaking his head when he's going when when they go to zone and they move Devontae away from him. So, yeah. you know, I was just thinking back. Um, there's a lot of matchups like obviously an offensive defensive line. There's always a guy that you have to face. Well, you know, three technique for me, defensive end for a tackle mm-hmm. and that you're always like, OK, this is the guy like this is the matchup of the day. If I do well, our team is going to do well. If I don't do well, this is a problem. I, I was just trying to. You know, I was thinking back to John Randall, Warren Sapp, um, right? Gosh, all the guys in in Detroit that they had. You know, Sean Rogers. They had, um, uh, oh God, who was the monster when I first got there? Luther Where? Ellis. Luther oh. Ellis. Uh, oh, in New Detroit, in Detroit. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But then you know, you think about Hove. All these they had great three techniques in the league. So you just kind of know going into the game where you circle that guy and you're on, on the. Uh, on the depth chart and like, man, we have to show out against this really, really, you know, stud player. And, and that's going to be a larger term of the game. And I was just, I know from your perspective, because it's not necessarily you versus the middle linebacker, you versus the, the will linebacker, but right. you do have those. I think you probably had those matchups no. where you're like, dude, I, I gotta, 100%. I gotta make sure that I do my job on this guy. And you just had, it's so hard sometimes to stay focused during the game when it's not coming up every play. Like for me, it comes up every play or at least every other play, but in a situation like Ramsey's situation, you know, very similar to yours, you might get that matchup six times a game and you got to make them count the six times that you get it. Yeah. And uh, how I handle that, because yes, I had those games where going into the game, I got to deal with one or two guys that are pro bowl linebackers, you know, Tampa Bay was that Hardy Nickerson, Derek Brooks, Um, Chicago, you got Brian Erlacher and um, and um, Lance 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 Briggs, and so for me, how I how I looked at that was, I know who I got to deal with. I'm gonna deal with them pretty much every other play, in terms of where our run game was at. We were given, you know, we were not only play action, but we were running the ball between those tackles. I want to say honestly, eighty percent of the time we were there. Yeah. So I knew on those plays that my win in terms of the play, if I'm getting the ball. A win for me is picking up yardage. If it's five, if it's 10, if it's a home, you know, if I get a home run, great, which we had, we did have those games. So my thing was, you know what, be efficient against these players where I don't give them a play, you know, basically where I'm not going to just give you the easy tackle in the backfield or strip fumble out of my hands. No, if you do that, you got to work for it. But nine times out of 10, I'm going to try to, you know, I'm a, I'm looking at to win. And when I say win, like I said, if it's short yardage and third and one, I'm winning by getting that first down. 
Then I go to the next play. And then it's, it's one, it basically is one play at a time. Cause I've looked at, if I looked at it, the whole game, the bigger game, like, man, if I, I got to do this the whole game, then yeah, that's where you get overwhelmed. You get anxious. Mm-hmm. Then you're thinking outside your game. And I think that's where Jalen Ramsey was because he knows for four quarters, I got to D him up zone or man. My coach, we, you know, we probably talked, they're pretty sure they talked about this during the game week for sure. Wherever Devonte goes, Jalen, you there. You try to be the guy either over the top or underneath somebody in his face because he has that effort. He has that, that, like you said, alpha male mentality. So for the plays that he got beat, just, just, I think he was just a little bit, maybe over too much in his head thinking about what he has to do and make that play. Just saying, playing through the the play, like for the 10th down with Aaron Rodgers, there's nobody. It's the only. It's no receiver. Every receiver went to the other side of the field. If he would have known that. He has outside leverage. Yeah. Right. There's no. There's no, there's no hesitation. Like any you know, twelve year old knows that he has outside leverage right there. Exactly. So I'm like, why? You, why did you jump at the pump fake? I'm like, I've had that play in high school where the quarterback tried to pump fake me, and I laid him out because I know I had I had help backside. I had backside or behind me help. So if if he throws the ball, I know it's either incomplete or maybe intercepted. But I'm gonna go through and hit this guy. And every time I hit, I was like. I've learned that. Don't go for the pump fake. So he got him on the pump fake there. But, yeah, I think it was something where players can, you know, in their own head and their own preparation over prepare for somebody they know they're, you know, going against a guy who's one-on-one the best along in their, you know, I say counter, you know, counter their position. Yeah, I I was just – I was just thinking about, you know, DB is kind of like offensive line in that the negative is what you kind of – start getting known for right like yes getting in other words getting beat is what the, the other person is getting the credit is kind of the reflection on you mm-hmm. and uh yeah was, i just think i always find those like those little games in the game super interesting and you know obviously with a guy like aaron donald yesterday when you look at how when you look at how an offense has to scheme up first of all we got three guys injured up front um yep. they have they have uh four or three three really bona fide pass rushers yeah, right. Ashawn really Robinson good, now. They picked him right? up. Yeah, they, they have good. They have good players up front, and so when you identify kind of the pass rush as a problem early on, okay. What Aaron Rodgers, what Matt Lafleur, to their credit, the way that this game plan is not only developed, but the way that Rodgers throws the ball is you think about route selection, you think about what we're running. We're running mm-hmm. speed cuts. We're running high angles. We're running swings, option routes. Okay, but what so for the for the casual fan, what that means is those don't take a lot of time to develop. So very early in the game, there was a play where it was like a third and eight. Aaron Rodgers or uh, Donald comes off on John Runyon Jr. for a pass rush. He starts for an inside swim. He wins clean, but the ball's been gone for half a second. Yeah, like it, the ball's one, two, three, four, five gone. And that's what a, that's what an Aaron Rod. That's what first of all, when Matt Lafour is you know calling the plays in understanding what the problems are going to be for our offensive line. And then you got a guy like Rogers who immediately can identify any coverage and find the right person. It's just a testament. It's just like, we can go on for days talking about how good Aaron Rodgers is, but it really, in this game, it goes unnoticed because like he didn't have the biggest stats in the world. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of these drivers are methodical. Aaron or AJ Dillon had a great game. Um, But really, it really comes down to listen, they great. They got great push on the LA Rams side. Great push, great pressure. Yep. Like they get what they want, but you have Aaron Rodgers, and that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, and to you talking about what Lafleur did, what Hackett's doing, along with Lafleur, Rodgers doing the pass combinations. That you go back to, you know, Tom Brady, a guy that you know that 
he throws from a spot. He drops back five step, eight step, three step, and it's gone. And that is a credit to McDaniels knowing that, okay, my quarterback can do this with his legs. My quarterback can do this with his arm. Same thing here in this situation. But when you have the option to say, okay, I still my quarterback with Aaron can run if he want, but you know what? Let me help him out. If he can't run a whole lot, cause he got that bum, that, that picky, that pinky toe. So let's do the speed cuts. Let's do like the, the, the routes you mentioned because they're quick releasing and it gives those times, you know, gives the quarterback plenty of time to make the decision. And for his experience, he knows where to go pre-snap, you know, right. He knows two or three ways he could go looking at the coverage, looking at the one-on-one matchup, whoever's on Devontae to who's on Lazar to who's on DeGoria, you know, or who's covering the motion guy. Cause sometimes that motion guy, they, they kept doing, they did a couple of times with Randall Cobb. They hit him on a few routes and sometimes he was just a decoy, but those routes right there is to pretty much keep your quarterback clean, give your offense alignment some help because the ball is out. Now they could just kind of rest to the next play. So it just, it's a good game plan along with even the Aaron, running that play clock down to five or two seconds every down or you starting in the first quarter to the last, you know, fourth quarter, you, you hear, or you see the play clock it's going down all the way to red and three, two, and then boom, he's snapping the ball. So that, that accumulates over time, just like having these short pass plays to help the, I said, the offense get in rhythm, Aaron get in rhythm and, and uh, everybody else, you know, be on page. I don't know. Must have a dog. Uh, somebody at the front door. <laughs> Big fan, yeah, you got some, you got some fans at the front door, man. Probably. <laughs> Remember back, back in the day, you guys like a dude come up to you at like Halloween, they'd be knocking on your door for trick or treat. So you think it was kids, right? And it'd be like, it'd be like, a like grown three, man, adu- three adults. They'd be like, hey, what's going on, man? <laughs> like, huh? I'm like, I got the, I'm dressed up as Master Chief with the the bowl of candy. You're like, uh, I wasn't expecting this, but okay. I tell you what's I tell you what's fun to watch too now is is AJ Dillon's obviously really coming to his own. He's becoming more of a, a national headline, understanding that that he's picking up a lot of the slack with Aaron Jones hurt and just to kind of his yeah. style of running. He's kind of he's 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 becoming comfortable in his own skin as far as getting that pad level down, running behind his yeah. running behind his pads a little bit more. I thought it was interesting though. You know if, when when you start looking at the way offenses are are playing now, you remember the old kick play where they used to run? They usually have like one or two tight ends in. And basically, everybody would block left, for example. The tight ends would be on the backside, and they just wash everybody down. And mm-hmm. then you're going to make that backside cut and just say, you know, the defensive back might get me, but I'm going to drag him for five. So it was like an easy five-yard play. That yep. was like the biggest play in football forever. And we're running with these option looks, with like the read, the way that the, the, the back's coming off of the shotgun snap. It's almost like we're just running continual kick plays on every play, and you're just, you're just looking at that defensive end just basically saying – you may or may not run. I mean, we ran a double wham yesterday, man, where they had 49 in the backfield, whammed, whammed Floyd. And then when he missed him, Guara came from the other side and actually tried to run the wham on I him I thought again. I saw that. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of like, – Somebody made a, a mistake. Action. I thought, yeah, I was like, yeah, are you guys making a mistake? Or is like, you guys really trying to double wham the same player? He ended up by – Floyd made an making a play, by the way, so – we might, right. need to get in the, we might need to get in the technique room after that one, but it's just like, it's really interesting. And it compliments a guy like Dylan because you don't even that, you know, when you had to run the old kick play, that cut was actually kind of a profound cut. Whereas now they're coming straight downhill and it might <clears> be just like a half step to your left or right. I mean, you'd know better than I would, but mm-hmm. those holes seem to be kind of B gap, you know, B plus one gap plays as opposed to having to go all the way out outside the tight end. Yeah. And as B kept, plays be the a gap plays but also the par part for aj i think a little bit only because of his size is that now he got to get squared off in the hole so he could get vertical because sometimes he's making that cut he's kind of his shoulder pads are kind of at an angle 
and that puts him at a disadvantage. So he was able, you know, for some plays, he won, you know, where he got his shoulder pads down and Woo, it was a hammer coming through there. I know uh, was it was number 24 for the Rams. Oh, it's defense. a wrap. Yeah, that guy, the guy, I mean, it was a wrap on that play. That guy's yeah. last name. Son His name is Rap, man. too. Yeah, he yeah, got that's what I'm saying. It's a wrap, man. Get out, get out the club, Rap. Yeah, I've been there, and and, and, if, and that's a hit that it feels good. Uh, I don't know, you played baseball growing up, Mike, did you? You played baseball? Oh, yeah, man. I, I, we don't want to go into stories, but. You I, know, but. I, I did I did force the uh, the school to build a fence around the track because they kept hitting the ball on the track. Nobody same did. same here, bro. So, you, you know, when you hit that ball just right, it's yeah. a home run. And you like, that's what that feels. That's when that's all AJ hit rap. I'm like, yeah. that's it right there. That feels good because then he picked up five yards after that. And that's what, what we mentioned about that four-quarter running back. When you got a guy that plays four quarters and in the fourth quarter, in the third quarter, he's like getting better and he's hammering people and the guy defend line d linemen linebackers they hate it i tell people i had this conversation not too long ago on another pocket is that that when that fourth quarter comes around and that starting running back who started the game probably on his now 20th carry is still running downhill and he's not even breathing hard that's when you're in trouble and so when, yeah it's problems because then the offensive line sees it offensive line already knows it because y'all the first people y'all you know, at, at the ground center, y'all know when y'all go to off the ball, every D lineman is you can hear the air come out of them. Like, and you can almost hear the frustration like, <laughs> bro, you know how in. intimate, like the, like the relationship that offensive line, defensive line, tight ends, linebackers, running backs, linebackers, the relationship that we have with one another yeah. is so intimate because of the confrontation, close quarters confrontation that we have yep. that you know, we could talk about PFF grades and all this nonsense, but I can tell you every single play that we had them, like, you know, by their demeanor, by where mm-hmm. their eyes are, by whether they're looking you in the eye or whether they're looking over, are their hands on their hips? Or they, how are they? St- like, you know, by their body language and by yeah. just the way you've interacted with them for the last two hours, you know, whether you have them or not. Oh, right. Yeah, and definitely. there's 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 that feeling that you're talking about right now where it's like, oh, man, remember I shoot, man. Remember we played the Patriots after they won that Super Bowl. Yep. And we was in and, uh, and, and we ran and we ran a Gillette and we, we put them down pretty good. But we ran against I remember we ran against Ted Johnson uh, at the end of the game. We ran 96 power load like eight times in a row. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody remembers Ted Johnson. Ted Johnson's neck was the, size of, was the size of my damn truck tire. And I was like, all right, Ted. I'll see you next play. And Ted was like, you got it, man. I was like, Ted hasn't given up yet. <laughs> yeah, he was built different. He, yeah, he, well, he, the he, Patriots are built different, man. This is true. If anybody hasn't seen that man in the arena, man, go watch that man in the arena because Patriots are different, man. I, I realize I'm digressing a little bit, but I, I recognize I never thought teams were really like that. Like a whole team was that different until I remember we played them my – my eighth or ninth year, I was in Carolina, my second year preseason. We were in our second or third preseason game, and John right. Fox used to just beat us down. Man. So we had nothing in the tank. And they showed up. I was like, dude, this is the most professional team I've ever seen. And it was the damn preseason. I was like, right. damn, these guys are good. But anyways, I digress. That that was uh, – yeah. It's just it's just such an intimate feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I just – that's the part of the game, I think, as, as competitors that we miss the most, man, is like seeing you – I want to break you. Like, I want to break you so bad. That's my whole thing. I don't care. Like, win, lose. Like, those are all important stuff. I want to break you. Yes. I want to make you give. I want you to say mate, you know? Yeah, I want want to say, you know what? Uh, um, You had this yesterday. Game over. Um, 
I remember my, my brother telling me a conversation when he played high school ball. We played at the same high school. He was obviously there 20 years before I was. And he said his team, they would hit so hard in practice, even though we weren't the best team on Friday night. But if we played the best team on Friday night and we lost to them, they would be like beat up. They'd be like, no, nah, we don't want Central no more. Because win or lose, we're going to get our butts kicked. They the hardest hitting team in the, in the uh, in Omaha area. So it's like that. I played in games, league and college football wise. When you see a guy break, it's either a conversation. He'll come up to me and he'll come up to you and be like, yeah, good game. When he says good game <laughs> and the game's not quite over, that's when they broke. <laughs> that's when they broke, Mike. Yeah, People man. listening, that's when somebody's broke. So, um, but yeah, that and that's part of the game. And that's what, yeah, we don't really see that because it's a more passing game. It's a vertical game. The physicality is a little gone. It depends on what team you're on. Uh, 49ers, they have a physicality. Uh, Green Bay can become physical. Titans, obviously, when they have Derrick Henry in a the backfield, they're, the phys- they're a physical team and they actually still run the ball pretty good. Um, but I'll say going forward, you know, pushing down our run down here, um, looking at a part of the team of the Packers that's still question marks. You, you you talk about Mason, you talk about punt return, you know, you got Randall Cobb back there, they switch it up, you know, and he's still, he catches the first one, but then muffs the second one, which is come playoff time. And when you're in the playoffs, these plays that are happening with special teams, they got to fix them now because they can come back and haunt them, especially in the playoffs, Mike. Yeah, I just don't, you know, first of all, Mason Crosby, it's one of those deals where clearly it's a head case Thing, yes. you know, thing now, hundred percent, and and I, I have no idea how you fix that. Like, just from a kicker's perspective, I, right. I just have no idea because it's such, it's such a singular thing, right? It's like training for the Olympics, so you can shoot one arrow, correct? And uh, and then from, but from an execution standpoint, you just look at the missed tackles. You look at, you look at the muff punts, and mm-hmm. you know that they're emphasizing these things in practice, and. You know, I, I always tell my kids this, this, you know, it's got to mean more to you to do it right than it is to feel bad about, you know, not trying to it. gloss over it. Try, not, you have to own everything you do. And when you own it, you live it, you, you, you absorb the information, you take the feedback and you go out and you give it your best. You don't act like it's not happening. You don't act like it's not a big deal. You, you know, you, you just, you absorb the information and you go out and try to improve and then you'll see real improvement, right? And I'm talking just from like the focus and effort, not the skill set of a kicker. I'm just talking about everything else. Like, cause we, we need, this is one of those things where you lose a game in the playoffs because of a field goal or because of, you know, missed a, tackle, a, a, a missed tackle or something. You're just going to be like, man, you've got to be joking. Right. And uh, this is the part of special teams. Like you mentioned, if you're on special teams, you got to, I say, pretty much take it serious, because if you don't, you don't invest that same effort as where if you're a defensive back or you're a tight end saying, I want to start at my position, but you're not that guy. You're the third, fourth guy I'm on that depth chart is either a talent thing or it could be a money thing, as we know in our business. But you got to say, OK, at least I'm getting time somewhere. You know, this is where for me early in my career in Seattle, I had to find my place on special teams. And because Ricky Waters, he was the money guy. He was the big pay running back. So I had to look at, as I learned right away, first year, this is business. This is how it works. It, it, sometimes it's not talent who gets the starting job, but you know what? I'm going to find a place on special teams to eat. And so from a, a non-kicker standpoint, just for everybody else, you know, the punt returners, the blockers, the gunners, stuff, those positions, you got to go out there and make plays happen. And you got to, you can't be worried about, not saying they are, not saying these players are, but you got to be focused 
on doing your job special team wise. You'll get your opportunity offensively or defensively at your position. That's going to come only it's going to come faster if you show out on special teams. I say that not saying these Packer players are doing that, but just putting that out there just for in general, everybody listening in. But then for the kicker position, I was a kicker. I, I think I kicked field goals in Little League and I punted in high school. Well, obviously, different pressure. This is there's no pressure in Little League for me to kick a field goal, okay, or PAT. I, I understand that. But with kicking, you got to have a mindset, kind of like golfing. I don't know if y'all know you golf every now and then, Mike. I don't know how many times in your life. But golfing is one of those things I learned when I've been out with my brother or just out on a charity event that you basically got to go to the next swing because you're going to hit one ball perfectly. You did everything right mechanically, and then boom. And then the next hit, you could basically poop down your leg and the ball goes like hard left and you almost hit somebody, <laughs> you know. So you got to just re- erase it instantly and go to the next uh, kick or go to the next whatever is up for you. You know, even though it's going to be a 10 plays from now, then move on from there. Because I say that's the mental side where I say Mason, Bohorquez, and the long snapper there, I believe Welter or something like that mm-hmm. uh, is name. And they got to use that, those type of mindsets. It's like, you know what, we got to race, go to the next play. You know, talk even I say, Mason, get a hold of Adam Vinatieri, a guy that, as we saw for years, he was was to say ice veins for the Patriots, won games, won Super Bowls, won NFC, AFC championship games, won big games for the Patriots. And then he later became a Colt. I say talk to him. I know he could probably reach out, you know, never, never, never think, you know, everything, you know, as a leader and knowing what you're doing as a player. It's like, hey, I might have to reach out to somebody, not saying he has to do it. Maybe he has people in the house to help with that mental side of it. But it's definitely I agree. It's definitely at this point when you're talking about how you're eyeballing the left goalposts in a conversation <laughs> that came up. He had an interview this past week. So it's like, yeah, it is on his mind and hopefully yeah. it could get better. Um, yeah. He's you're shooting a free throw, right? It's a free definitely. throw. So what, what, why did, why does every single NBA player have a routine before a free throw to, because that is the, literally the only thing you can control, right? So you control yep. your process, you control where your, where your mind goes, you go through that routine and you don't think about the left goalpost, right? That's you have a place where you're aiming, you have a spot on the ball, you know, aim small, miss small approach, like this, the American sniper story. And exactly. you, you have to go through that process regardless of the outcome. If you believe that your process is right and you've done that and that's how you've built up to where you are now, you mm-hmm. cannot just change, especially on like a free throw, a field goal, because things aren't going well, right? Like you have to stick to it. Otherwise, it all falls apart as, as unfortunately, we're kind of seeing right now where he's not making mm-hmm. a lot of these things. But, you know, you know, just the last guy I wanted to mention is this Rasul Douglas. Oof, and yes. I, I know I know he I got agree. beat. I know he got beat on, uh, on by Beckham uh, later in the game because mm-hmm. he, he tried to jump that 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 quick dig or that quick slant. Yeah, but man, he took it up he's making up. a name for himself. He's playing extremely well. He could have had two pick sixes. He could have. Right? He had the one. He ha- he could have had the two, but he just he, his name gets he keeps getting called for the right reasons. And so right now. you just add him to the stable of guys that we have. You know, when everyone gets healthy, when we get Jair back. We got King, we got Stokes, now we got Rasul. I mean, you just start going, oh, man. And then our safeties are – I mean, as long as yeah. you know, Savage has to tuck his ears in a little bit next time he tries the onside kick deal. Yeah. But <laughs> we, we, we have a lot of guys that can play, and that's what you need when you go into the, uh, the playoffs, especially in the NFC where the competition is heavy. We yep. have Tom Brady. We have the Rams. We have potentially Seattle Seahawks. We have guys like you know, Kirk Cousins last week. We have guys that can throw the rock a little bit. And so the more the better. And if these guys start playing at a high level, you know, they're they're starting to ascend and, and getting towards that peak at the right time.
Exactly. And to have another player like like Douglas, like Amos, all, you know, waking up at this time. And he says, as I hear coming back, that's just another player on that roster, that defensive backfield that has confidence now to make a play. You know, if it's intercepting the ball or if it's even covering a guy, you know, doing their initial job. You know what? I'm confident in covering these guys. If I play my technique right, the ball's going to be sitting there waiting for me like he did. He saw the coverage. I mean, he saw the throw and he saw the route and he broke on it. It was a stop route. The guy said on him, but you know what? I'm going to break on this, see if I can get my hands on it. And what, you know, and that's what happened. So it's just now that experience, the opportunity, you know, coming in, in, in front and taking a full advantage of it. And that's going to be big come playoffs to have all these defensive backs players on defense to actually have the confidence and the experience to go along with it, to get this, uh, the, I think a team early playoff push right now that's going well before they even get to the playoffs. So get to the next segment here, got trench warfare and we got some big guys making a lot of noise and uh, passing on the mic. Let us know who are these guys and what they're doing right now, offense or defensively for the Packers. Yeah. So, so first off, obviously getting Rashawn Gary back, Mm-hmm. Right. And he's just had, you know, it's funny. It's like even even on TV yesterday when you listen to the commentary, um, he's not getting the credit that he deserves for the for the havoc that he's caused this year. And I, like we talked about last week, he kind of has yeah. a signature move now where he presses in and collapses that pocket horizontally. and He can get on guys. He went up against Whitworth early and, and Whitworth is like Whitworth's my generation. Like, I love right. that guy. And he's had a great career and he's still playing at a level. 39 years enough. old. Yeah, at that, a level that's good. And, and for people who don't know, Andrew Whitmer is an absolute giant. Like, he's he an absolute monster, dude. When he was with Big the Bengals, I thought he was like 360. I mean, he's a monster. But that strip sack on Whitworth was impressive. You know, Well, it's just it's just such a big play early in the game. That's the kind of thing that defines an entire game, unfortunately, for a lot of teams. And if you watch if when Mm Wilbur sees that play, and this is for young offensive linemen or people or coaches that are trying to, you know, get their guys schooled up, that play was completely because Whitworth had poor footwork. Whitworth had poor footwork, bad foot, most bad plays in the passing game. Like you can go on Instagram and look at like there's a great guy, D-line vids, who does like a bunch of, you know, this D-lineman won with this move, blah, 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 blah. And they're great. But every one of those you'll watch is like, well, the offensive lineman just had terrible footwork, right? When yeah. we lose, we lose because our footwork initially is poor. We're not square. Whitworth's yeah. one of those guys because he's so big. He takes poor – he often takes bad angles. He sets and turns his hips. He has that weak uh, left hip. You know, when you open your foot, you have a weak left hip. When you have a weak left hip and you get pressed or you have leverage, the guy gets on, on – like below your shoulder pads, you really can't stop them. Right. And it just, and then it just becomes a question of is the quarterback going to step up or not? Cause you already are beat. Right. Yeah. And we're like, when I teach athletes, like we're teaching athletes to win every time, not hang on. But with that set, you're basically hanging on every time. If the guy, if the guy rushes you the way he wants to rush you, you're basically hanging on all the time. So it's just a very good indicator, I think, when as you keep looking on. And I know he was hurt; he didn't get as many snaps as, as I'm sure he will in the future. But right. he's now pressing the guy horizontally, and that is just going to again really cause havoc because you have a guy that commands some sort of game plan, some sort of double team, chipping, yep. tight end play. Now it's going to free up these other guys to get their one on ones. Yeah, and he has the as you talked about with Cameron Waite down in Miami. He has that one move now; he could base off other moves to basically get in the tackle's head. And I think everybody that he's going to face the rest of the season, as Whitwork found out early in that drive, that, you know, this guy is special. Even with the arm injury, he's still able to press 
And that because to see that move still happen after an injury where he hurt his arm, you know, being the arms, being the main lever, that's going to be the part that helps you with that move, you know, to build off of that. That's going to be great for him moving down the line. And you got, you know, Kenny Clark played well as well, you know, played well through the game as well. So what do you uh, got on his uh, his play? So, so early in the game and I'm just going to kind of relay this story. So early in the game, Kenny Clark got double teamed by the center and the right guard. And then, you know, they kind of he fell over and the, the center tried to give him a little business. And here's the here's the thing about offensive line play that sometimes we're stupid, and it's a bad <laughs> idea. And Kenny Clark, like when even when you look at him on TV, like he's a full grown man, right? He yes. looks like a damn monster. And it's a bad idea to talk trash on a double team play because you're going to see that guy single again. And it reminds me, my first game that I got to start at left guard was a preseason game. We played Miami Dolphins, and they had this guy Daryl Gardner who was one of the – he was like that dude who was like 315 with a six-pack. Scary-looking dude. Yeah, and I remember he came inside on our first third down play, and me and Flanagan double-teamed him. And I said something like, yeah, you ain't got nothing or whatever. And he, I just heard, oh, yeah? And this dude stayed in the game because I was going to play the entire game. He stayed until halfway through the fourth quarter to beat my ass and teach me a lesson. And, I mean, I kept coming back. Yeah. I kept coming back. Like, we're fighting, but this dude, like – he's like, no, I'm staying in the entire game. You don't talk. You don't talk that trash on a double team. You got to see mm-hmm. me one on one, and that is exactly what happened. Kenny Clark was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll see you the next play. I'll see you ten plays from now. But I'm going to see you again." He spent a lot of time in the run game, particularly Oof. in the backfield again. Man, that guy's special. Oh man, I I, I wish. I'm glad you survived that. That butt whipping, um, buddy, to have Learn you here today. Learning experience. And, and, and that's what I go back to, to everybody tuning in. That's why you don't trash talk in a physical sport. Mm-hmm. To me, if I was a box, I always tell my wife and friends, hey, hey you know, mom, why you ever, you know, you ever thought about boxing? I say, yeah, when I was like in middle school, you know, we had a boxing coach come into the school and train with our gym class for like two weeks boxing. And between that and my brother's telling me, don't ever trash talk in football. You know, and I was, you know, this knowing that because it's a physical sport, you're going to get hit. If you didn't get hit, you know, blown up early in your career or in game, you know what? Don't don't trash talk because you're going to you're going to, you know, expedite that hitting or that abuse to come into you. So that's one thing I learned. Double team or not, don't trash talk. Keep it quiet. (laughs) So for me. Oh, yeah, go ahead. ahead. No, you got it. You got it. I was just going to say the other thing I thought was interesting is. uh you know, when you watch the Titans game play the Rams, now the Titans got like eight sacks. They got this shoot five sacks or something against the Rams. Stafford was holding yeah. the ball. But they were running a bunch of stunts, right, three-man three man sides. And they were running this great TT game where basically the, the, the nose tackle would jump to the other side, then the tackle would come down, and they'd run a, this great TT. And it worked over and over and over again. And we mm-hmm. stole it, and it worked, and we got a free rusher twice. I didn't see it run enough. And mm. given how they were going to have to throw in the second half, like I think it was a missed opportunity because we really didn't get – like Stafford had a pretty clean pocket to throw a lot of times in he this did. game. Like we didn't yep. get – we their offensive line has been together for – I think they're the only offensive line has been together the entire year except for maybe Whitworth missed one game. But they've been together, and you could tell like they're a good line. But when you run those stunts, they don't move laterally very well. I was a little bit surprised. I thought we had, a, again, a missed opportunity with our guys – especially the way that Kenny Clark can come into gaps and really create mm-hmm. havoc that way. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's that that's that's part of, you know, those coaches make a decision on, on how they want to rush. They want to straight rush. And when you have a guy like Stafford who's not mobile, right. it just always seems to me like, man, let's just take advantage of that a little bit more. 
Yeah, Stafford's mobile enough. He's not mobile at yeah, all. Right, He's just right. mobile enough. And uh, with the power that KC has, when he when he gets buckled down and he's really pushing forward, I could see the power coming through. And so, yeah, to have that TT, I say they just – they're baking it right now. So they, they baked it for a little bit. They stole it from the Titans, and now they used it. They're going to definitely go – you know, once they see the effects of it and how linemen that can't move laterally can get to that TT and can't alternate off or push off to get it to pick it up. That's where they're going to, you know, continue like they saw in this game, continue to use it further on down the games. I say for my trench warfare, and I mentioned it earlier, is AJ Dillon just dropping his shoulder pad and for him understanding, okay, this is the weapons I have. Um, for one, I'm young, you know, so take advantage of his youth, but then two, I weigh 250 and I'm, and I have, once I have my pad square and not lateral, not, 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 um, vertical to the sidelines, um, <clears throat> then you can pick up plays like that. So that play where he had, I think it was the third quarter, he comes through and just takes on rap after already, this was yak, yak yardage. This is after contact from his first initial hit. And then rap came into the box and he said, hello, and dropped him off of him, put him basically set him down and then picked up another five, six yard. That's the part of this Packer offense game, along with Aaron Jones being back that they can go to, to end a game. They have a finisher right mm-hmm. now with Eric, with AJ Dillon because what he can do in the pass game, he could pick up the pass, he could he could catch the ball, and he could pick up the blitz. Something, excuse me. But then he could do that run game between the tackles that no defensive back, no linebacker fourth quarter wants to pick up you know, right away. They don't want to deal with that stuff, you know, coming down the line fourth quarter game on the line, knowing they got to get the ball back. It's a headache to deal with a heavy back like that. So to have him do what he's doing now and re, and getting a they he understands it like oh okay I I move people when I hit them you seeing that and so uh-huh. I like that and and, and it's going to be a big weapon come the I say the rest of, coming up in December the rest of this month in playoff push. Well, he's he's proven that he can finish games and that's huge, right? Yep. I mean that, that's really what it's all about. And, and again, we talked about it a little bit earlier before. I think that Aaron Donald and company actually have a, they could have had a monster impact on this game. Unfortunately, we have 12, right? I think they have, they got great push in the middle. They beat our guys. I mean, I I can't, I cannot over exaggerate how good Aaron Donald is. Like, and I know, like, because you got to remember, if I, if I beat you, AG, if I beat you twice a game, I would be a Hall of Famer, right? Right. He's winning like 14 times a game. Yeah. Right? Really, in the run yeah. game, he wins even more. But yeah, he, he made one play where he he disengaged from the guy blocking him to make and to, to grab AJ from the back. He came yeah. across the line of scrimmage after he he beat his guy inside out. I was like, he, wow. He's an, he's an insane player. And they have Von, I mean, they have these guys. And then Von Miller's there now. Yeah. Right. But th- 31 other quarterbacks are a mess yesterday. But yeah. we we have the one. Right. We have the Even one guy. And, and you when you watch Aaron, this is again like just if you're if you're trying to figure out why things happen in a football game, the way Aaron Rodgers drops, like the way he takes his drops are an issue for pass rush people. Because when you are under center and you take a five step drop, he's putting his foot back at seven yards and throwing the ball when he goes to yeah. gun which he's often in, in this game, especially because he's not as well, right? He's in gun. He is putting his, he's planting foot is at 11 yards and he doesn't mind drifting back and he doesn't oh. mind throwing off his back foot because he can. Oh, yep. So when you, now just, you got to understand this, this isn't a traditional pocket cup anymore. Mm-hmm. And so when you can 
when your tackles can kind of set vertical, right? They almost can set like Joe Thomas did straight back because your, your quarterback's no longer at seven. He's at 11 yards. And so everything becomes a bull rush, right? Everything has to end up like I have to go through you or I have to take a gap as opposed to this speed rush high. Right. It doesn't work that way anymore. Can't I can lateral. start kind of, I can start taking my kicks and then kind of start settling back with my shoulders pointed towards that defensive end now. And it's hard. You see, like Billy Turner had a Billy Turner had to have a great game because they had to double team Aaron Donald all day. Yeah. And Billy Turner had a great day, right? There, and Von Miller, you see, he gets to the top and he's like, oh shoot, like he's not inside. I got to do a spin. I got to do all this nonsense to try to get around this guy because I can't just keep running upfield. What happens is, from a pass rush standpoint, I'm trying to play in rhythm, and you're trying to play in rhythm. Mm -hmm. I've predicated all my moves on specific footwork. And when the, when the drop is now at 11 yards, and now my tackle or my, or my guard is setting kind of back and kind of drifting back, all of my rhythm is screwed up. So all my one, two, three chop club rip, all my one, two, three double swipe, all my one, two, three arm overs, none of it makes sense right? As you're coming off the ball and what happens, you end up trying new stuff. You end up just bull rushing and you play into the hands of, of, of the offensive line. And that's something that really people don't understand how difficult it is as a rusher. Like, you know, if, if I practice my entire life at doing one, two, three chop club rip, right? Like Warren Sapp used to be this way. If you threw your hands on Warren Sapp, Warren Sapp would beat me 10 out of 10 times if I just set normal and let him try to chop club rip me. Dude, he was so good at that move, the way he turned his feet and everything was nasty, right? Right. But if you threw your hands at him and he got off rhythm, he literally, he didn't know what to do. And it's the same thing with every other, and he was Hall of Famer. Now, lesser guys are going to have even a harder problem, a harder time with that. You get off rhythm. If you get off rhythm, I win. And yep. Aaron Rodgers is, I don't even know if he knows he's doing it, but the way that he can kind of bide that time and kind of force them into a bull, man, it is huge for this offensive line. Yeah, and for everybody, what you, you mentioned a few times, Mike, already, but from a traditional standpoint, you think about all the quarterbacks in quarterback history that were passing, that are passing quarterbacks. You know, you go to Dan Marino, Dan Marino, uh, Joe Montana, Phil Sims, Bernie Cozart, they had a spot. It was seven, eight-yard drop under the center, um, play action movement, or just straight back, drop back, pay play action, seven to eight yards. And that's been for what that's and you go back. That, I'm just Forever. mentioning Joe Montana. And that's what the, from, from the time he played from the his start of his career. That's about 30 years ago. So he's saying for 30 years, it's been a normal pocket of, you know, a U shape at eight yard depth, eight and a half sometimes. But now when you're, you're meeting in what Aaron's doing, 11, 11 and a half, you're like, as a defensive guy, I totally get it. Because then now it's like, wait a minute, my moves were designed to get in that backfield within a second and a half or less or more or quicker. Mm-hmm. Now you don't. <laughs> so just to visualize that 11 yards you're trying to get to, that means you got to have a bull rush and you got to be pretty fast after you beat that guy to get to Aaron. And, and then unfortunately, Aaron, he knows I got to, I can move, you know, so I can buy a little time scrambling left or right um, to get the ball out, to get that, you know, like I said, get more time for himself to get the, you know, throw the ball to his receiver. So, all right. And then uh, you already hit on, Talking with Billy, Billy did a great, you know, great job. And even on, you know, like I said, every other play dealing with Aaron is going to be a win-lose situation. But he, he continued to play on you know, top of the line for the rest of the game. So we'll get into get off my line. Get off my uh, line. I get to piggyback on Mike on on these because I was having fun 
you know, we did a couple of Packer events and with the fan experiences. So didn't didn't get a chance to, you know, I say join along the game, but I'm gonna piggyback on you on some of these get off my lawn, Mike. So what All you right, got? The first, here? the first one is look, I, I'm a I'm a pulling guard. You're a running back. Yep. And there are too many teams getting away from the run game this weekend. You look Ooh. at the Colts. What is they got they the look? best running back in the league, not named Derrick Henry. Yep. And you get away, you give the ball to Carson Wentz to win the game. Like they waited till the end of the game to give Taylor the ball. Are you kidding me? Like, what it's always like, what are we trying to prove? Like, oh, well, the Bucs are gonna try to stop the run. So, like the Eagles, the Eagles have been running the ball 43 times a game in the, like the last three, four games, and they won. They're like three and one. What did they do yesterday? Right yeah, they let the little boys start slinging the, the rock around. Uh, yeah, and then Jaylen. and then Stafford's the same thing. Like, like we talked about it. Sean McVay, hey, you're an offensive genius because why? Because you you got these great schemes to get the ball into space. You, you know, I'm a mm-hmm. passing guy. I can I can get a 400 yard passing day, you know, without even thinking about it. Dude, you were running the ball effectively. Like sometimes I know it's not pretty. It's you know what's pretty? That that little check mark under the W column, man. The win column yes. is what the only thing that matters, man. So get yes. off my lawn about getting away with the run, get away from the run. Yeah, that's where coaches are my add on where coaches overthink stuff. It's it's like, no, it's simple football. This is where you did get to simple, basic football. We got a guy who's faster than you. We're talking about Jonathan Taylor, and he could do stuff with the ball. Just keep giving him until he says, Coach, I need a break, or he taps his helmet, you know. That's when I'm not giving him the ball. And and getting with the Eagles and the Rams, you got you got Henderson, you know, 3.4 yards of carry. That's that's every three plays is a first down. You keep that going, then that keeps the defense honest. Then you're not, you know, forcing the game to put on Matt Stafford's arm, which we know he could do it, but he's been struggling the last couple of weeks. So with that, too, I think, like I said, coaches sometimes overthink themselves and kill their own game plans before they even get started. So the next, next one, on? yeah, the, ne- the next one for me is just AFC teams. Like, oh. who, who? Will the real some shady please stand up? Like who? Who is the guy? You know what I mean? Like yeah, who is the guy? It was the, the it was the Bengals at one point. Bengals look well, good. So the, so the and the Bengals had a good. They they beat the brakes off the Steelers yesterday. Good lord! Right, but right. Maybe you watched that Baltimore game last night, and I still think like for me, Lamar Jackson is he's still in the MVP. I mean, he had four picks last night, dude, and they right. won. They beat they beat Baker and the and the Browns. Hurt Baker Mayfield. Like and by the way, I just. Like, full disclosure, I still like Baker Mayfield. Everyone's, like, on Baker Mayfield. You know, the problem is the Browns have – the Browns have, like, so much drama around them all the time, mm-hmm. right? That's a, they're just a, that franchise. Like, dude, they just can't go play. Like, you don't need to have the progressive commercial, Baker. You know what I mean? Like, we don't need to have the OBJ talks. We don't – like, we don't right. need to, There's just so much – you're running backs. There's so much stuff. But – you you got Lamar Jackson and the and the Ravens. I think they're sitting at like eight and three somewhere around there. They are eight and three, five and one at home. Yeah, so you you got them and they look like contenders to me. They'll get some guys back. They'll get some pieces. Yep. You just think that can he win in the playoffs? Can you get away with some of the stuff he's getting away with now? As far as the four picks, as far as just how they're even scoring points, you you know with with the Titans, you think Derrick Henry's going to come back, but like yeah. perfect example of what we we're talking just talking about. They're down to the Seahawks big. They keep running the ball with Derrick Henry. They win the game, right? Last yeah. week, they lose to the Texans because Tannehill throws four picks. And it just in my mind, it's like, well, Derrick Henry's not there. That's the reason they're throwing four picks. I mean, he obviously had a terrible day. It was raining and everything. But it's like, you know, it's just one of those deals. Are, are they going to be for real? Are they going to get their that home field advantage? Like the only team that I really trust to deliver consistently 
on what they like what we think they are is the Patriots. Yeah. Like we're just back I'm think, to Bill. I'm thinking the same. I'm with you. I'm thinking the same thing. You know, we're Patriots. Back, we're back to Bill. Who else is there really? I mean, the Chargers just dumped another one. You're like, yeah. Every the rate, you just don't know. You know, there's just on any given the only sure thing is that Bill Belichick's smarter than everybody else, right? And they somehow has got this rookie quarterback playing lights out, and their defense is incredible. You know, it's just it's always I mean, the same. Yeah, to add to add to that, like what Bill is doing though. So yeah, get them along with that. But what Bill Bill is doing, he's taking a rookie quarterback and basically said, "Do this. That's it. That's all I want you to do. Do your job. Do your job. What you did at Alabama for the past three and a half years. Do this. That. Everybody else. O line, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, defense is going to do what we've been doing before you got here. You just do this." And don't go outside of the realm and thinking, oh, man, I got to go make this big throw. I got to make this big play with my legs. You know what? Don't do that. Don't even think about that. Just play action, hand the ball off. And when you see the throw that you want, whatever defense is giving you, take it. That's it. And then, you know, and then, and then, and then also place, I believe the players reiterated that the captains on the team, the leaders also said the same thing. You know, you got McCordy, you got Van Noy, you got those guys saying to, you know, that quarterback and that offense, like, we got this. We've done this before. We've been here before. We had a different guy that was leading us a few years ago, but we we understand what we have to do in the long run. So that makes it to where Matt can go back there and be what he's doing as a rookie. He's obviously in the run for the rookie of the year. So got your last one here with uh, my man Aaron Donald. What, what is he well, doing? Just the, right I now? again the talking heads. We talked about it a little bit earlier, and <laughs> I, I just it, it just baffles me that a guy like a guy doesn't record a sack or whatever. But you like watch the tape. Don't look at PFF. Don't look at the stat line. If you want to see who's who's the best players in the league, go watch film. And if you don't know how to watch film, then go go on YouTube and try to figure it out. Right? Go go look at some instructional video. But like I'm t- you hear all these experts, these talking heads in the media talking about, oh, this guy is not performing. This guy, blah 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 blah, talking trash about so and so. Aaron Donald is a real problem. We just talked about all the different ways the Packers had to make adjustments. Aaron Rodgers makes adjustments because. Like he's playing his foot at eleven and throwing the ball because Aaron Donald has to run eleven yards now. Wake up, right. like, like you know what I mean. <laughs> this guy is a generational player. Whether he has zero tackles, whether he has four sacks, what we has a pick. Like if you sit that. and watch the play, like if I was to sit and watch mm-hmm. a game, and as an offensive lineman, like I expect to play at ninety percent or higher. In other words. When I grade myself, I better yeah. be at 90% or higher to have what I consider a, 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 a successful day. Yep, me too. I don't know that I've ever seen anybody go anywhere near 90% with Aaron Donald. And yeah. he's getting double teams. And I'm talking about, so that's not one player, but usually two players. Yep. And I haven't seen it where he's not either pressuring, hand on the quarterback, close to the quarterback, getting held in the backfield, making the running back redirect. Taking taking the running back down, chasing him down from 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 the backside. Exactly. I mean, these things are happening every play, and just they go unnoticed. But it's like, man, don't speak to things unless you're absolutely sure what you're talking about. Because guys like this, like we are lucky to be able to watch somebody who's that good. Like we're lucky to watch Aaron Rodgers. We're lucky to watch Aaron Donald. He is that good. I agree. I agree. He. I've seen plays and games where he literally bench press the guard or the center into the quarterback's backfield to disrupt everything by himself so um that would have been fun that would have been interesting to try to run against him <laughs> as with the way the way he gives me he gives me like nightmares i'm not even playing God. right i'm like i'm like dang what we could have done against him 
<laughs> this would have been fun to try to run the rock against that Ram player right there. That great player. So uh, off to players of the game. Um, I say for me, it was kind of an all around thing. The only weakness here is special teams because I saw offensive players, literally everybody, Aaron, AJ, um, Devontae, uh, trying to think, Lazard, he has some plays in there, the sneaky plays. Uh, DeGloria caught the ball very, very well. And then also guys on defense, Amos, the safety play, him coming up in that box on that, as I mentioned earlier, that fourth down and short to stop Henderson for picking up the football or picking up the first down early in the game. Those plays like that, those are playoff play plays. Those are plays that when you come in and we get in the playoffs, the same thing is happening because now they're doing it in week 12. And then week 13, well, week 13 is a bye week, but then week 14, 15, and 16, and 17 to finish off the season. Because these are the plays that's going to get them back to the NFC Championship game and all hopefully end into the Super Bowl after that. So what you got, Mike? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, I just wrote some names out because I felt obligated to, but I, I agree right. with you. It, it was a team win, team win in every sense. I, I really, you know, having said all those great things about Donald, our offensive line played well, right? Our offensive, yeah. because you know good. what the challenge is. It's like, if you're playing a scrub, then you expect to dominate. You're playing against yeah. the best player in the world. You know, you, you, you're, you're hoping that he doesn't impact the game and he didn't really impact the game in a negative way. I mean, we dropped 30 plus on, on him. So my hat's off to the offensive line. I thought Billy Turner had another great day against a good really opponent. Good. And um, yeah, it was a great team win though. Absolutely. Yeah. And to have to have to pick, I say to keep their quarterback clean and pick up yardage offensively the way the Packers does running the ball. They did that. They did, you know, most likely against that D line. I mean, you even throw in a guy, Ashawn Robinson, who was even was yeah. a first round pick to the Detroit Lions, who's now on that defensive line. That guy is another guy that takes up a lot of space. And, you know, when, on a good day, they could all be basically in your backfield. So they de I definitely agree with you. The Packer offensive line did their job um, right here to move on to being, I believe, what, uh, was it eight and four or no eight and three right now into mm -hmm. their season. And so now we'll take it into a nine and three, excuse me, nine and three. Now we're taking it to around the league. And so we still got tonight, Monday night football. We got Seahawks versus the Washington football team kicking the ball and that's uh, kicking off the ball. And that's Seahawks in FedEx stadium there. Um, and, and it was an Andover wherever that is. I think I Washington's winning that game, by the way. Okay. I'm going to call my shot right now. Yeah, I think there's, I think there's, I think there's just huge problems in Seattle. Yeah, they got well, was injuries is one, um, but they got other things too going on because this is I a think personality this, issues is what I'm referencing. But <laughs> yeah, we can yeah. say injuries too. Well, but, 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 but yeah, but, but yeah, you could go there because you look at that record three and seven, and they've been a perennial playoff team, and now sitting at three and seven at the halfway mark of this, a little bit past the halfway mark of the regular season is not a good place for them. So you got too many chefs in the kitchen right now, man. Too many chefs in the kitchen, a tough division. You know, they have the Rams, they have the 49ers who's playing pretty good football right now. They're getting into their offensive groove too. So that's going to be interesting to them come tonight. And then the rest of the season. And we got the bears on Thanksgiving day. We had the, we had three games, the bears, the lions, you know, crazy game, interesting game. Um, lions, unfortunately lose again. Lions. The Lions just found a way to lose that game. You just like <laughs> the end of that, the end of that game, it was like, and then you like they 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 flashed to Dan you know, on the sideline, and he's just like Dan I mean, Campbell, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. just like, I can't even believe this is happening. Like the, the offsides, I mean, it was just so everything was just so typical Detroit Lions, right. Matt Millen, general manager, Lions. Like you just I it remember takes him. you back like 20, 30 years, man. Like, you guys are gonna do it again. Here we go. Yep. Oh, yeah. 
And it just shows the part of the game that you talk about from talking about you played against the Patriots, what a professional team looks like when everything is literally done in a white way, even to down to the long snapper or down to the gunner. You know, they're doing their job. They're not complaining. They're not showboating. They're just getting their job done and they're winning games to a team like the Lions where every little mistake trips them up. You know, that a mistake cannot you know, you shouldn't have a mistake. Once mistake trip you up and then you're de- derailed for the rest of the game. Or here, in their case, the rest of the season, they had that one tie. That was the closest they came to it. But still, as I say, poop down their leg there. <laughs> Didn't get the win either. Um, then we have the Raiders and the Cowboys, uh, 36 to 33 there. Very good game. And then uh, Raiders, I mean, they're doing some big things, even though they're not. They're still kind of in the hunt, but they got to win the rest of these games to stay in the hunt. And then a team, Buffalo versus the Saints, got back on the winning um, trail there where they had a mm-hmm. loss last week. So to go down to New Orleans in that place, and that team is kind of kind of Trevor Simeon right now. They, he, they're all forward, Trevor Simeon, man. They, they need to they, – they should – I don't know if the old boys uh, – what's the guy that just signed the new contract, the, you know, the, the hybrid guy, BYU quarterback? Um, Taysom, man. Taysom. Yeah, Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill. Like, man, Taysom I, I know he's like hurt or something, but they, should, they, they need to try something else. That Simeon guy's not – he's not getting the job done. Yeah, he's he's, I guess trying to manage and is not quite doing it right. So um, <laughs> yeah, they that's their problem. Unfortunately, they got to figure it out. Uh, get some players in quarterback wise until to help to help save. They got some. They got a shot. They're sitting at five and six, two and three in a division. So. They have a championship defense, though, Ag. Like they have a championship I, level defense, and they're five yeah, and six. You know what right? I mean? It's like. And that's just attrition because you know when defense is good, an offense is average or below. It's the defense just getting tired at the end because you're out in the field too long. They're human. They are human, even though they seem like superhumans. They are human, and so when you have a great defense but a subpar offense, that's just attrition setting in. People guys yeah. can't hang with it. And then we got the Vikings and the 49ers. Like I said, this 49ers team is uh, waking up. They beat the Vikings, even though it's at their home, 26 to 34. Did you see? Um, did you see what happened with Kirk Cousins? Uh, no, I missed that. Nope, didn't okay, see that. So, so Kirk Cousins, I, f- I forgot what they were like. I forgot what part it was in the game. It was a crucial moment, though. This guy lined up behind the right guard, oh. trying to take a snap from the right guard, and then I think it was Dalvin Cook had to run up and be like, "No, dude, you're behind the wrong guy." They had to call timeout. Somebody I mean, else did that. Uh, that back would in set the day. back. Like, I think, yeah. I mean, I think that sets your franchise back like at least three years. It, that's, <laughs> you know a, that's, I mean? a, that's that's a terrible. Head, bro. That's a that's a head shaking moment as a GM. Oh. As a quarterbacks coach, as a head coach, as a coach, you sitting there like, did he just line up under, under the guard? That's happened. I can't remember it was a quarterback watching the NFL bad, films. Though. Several unfortunate quarterbacks have done that um, in the NFL. So on to the next one: Bengals and Steelers. Steelers go to into Cincy and get beat and get drugged. Really, uh, forty-one to ten. Mixon. Um, Higgins have a great game for them. Hicks, uh, uh, Mixon, the running back, 165, two tutties. And then H- uh, Higgins, wide receiver, 114, eight receptions and a touchdown. So it just really is like what – I didn't see the game. I saw the highlights. But just looking at the scores, like no defense, obviously, for the Steelers. And Ben Roethlisberger and the offense not really charring around, getting yards or doing what they can to try to get some points on the board. It was a struggle um, this past Sunday. So, and then to wrap it up, we got Bucks and Colts, which was a good game. And you mentioned, yeah. you commented on this already. You got a guy who's running the rock, give him the rock. You know, don't take it out of his hands. And, uh, but if you got a deep, you know, 
I didn't see the whole game, but just trying to say, figure out, okay, what happened here? Is They got rolling, but then somehow, like I said, overthunk it a little bit here. And then uh, Panthers and Dolphins. Dolphins win. They come around. This is tough. <laughs> they beat Cam, the- Cam, was, Cam was like five for 20, and they benched him. Oof. Yeah, man. So he came in hot. You know, you get that first trade in, two games under the belt, get some wins. Well, actually, one win. One and one, they split, up actually. And then they lose another one here against the Dolphins that are kind of in the hunt in the AFC. But I'm with you. This is what they you won four in a row. They yeah. Won four in a row. It's, and it's your comment, as you said, who is the real Slim Shady in the AFC right now? <laughs> Step up. We know, you know, the, it might be the Patriots right now. And then as they, the next score coming up, it's the Patriots score beating the Titans 36 to 13. In, in Gillette Stadium up in New England. And then uh, Eagles and Eagles, Eagles, the Eagles and the Giants, uh, the battle of just not good, not so good teams here, uh, 13 to 7. And teams with a lot of injuries, but a lot of players got to actually figure out what they're doing and get the, get the team mindset together. And then Falcons, Jaguars, Falcons actually come out with the win there, scoring <laughs> three, three, three quarters in a row. I didn't even know they played. That's yes, terrible. they did. I'm like, oh, it scores 21 14. So, and then another. And so we had three games here. We had the Eagles and Giants, uh, Jaguars, Falcons, and now the Jets and uh, Texans. So all the games were basically seven point wins or six point, seven, eight point wins. 21 14 here in the Jets Texans game. Um, I saw Jack was uh, Zach Wilson throws an interception that bounces off his teammates back. It just kind of kind of goes to show you <laughs> that game. That game was tough. There was a dude that there was a D lineman for the Jets that had he had like three or four sacks. He had a pick, and I literally had I never even heard his name before. I didn't know who he was, and he had like the game of his life. It's like well. Magical things happen when you get the Jets and the Texans together, huh? Right. You got, you got young teams. I don't, they're not obviously not young organizations, just but teams in flux that are trying to find their way um, um, going for the rest of the season here in 2022. So, and then we wrap it up here: the Chargers and the Broncos AFC West matchup. Broncos win that game, 28 to 13, and then the Browns, as you mentioned. Struggle to try to put stuff together offensively with Baker um, loose, even though the Ravens had a lot of turnovers. They were trying to give the game to the Browns, but they didn't. The Ravens defense held strong. And so they went 16 to 10 in their home stadium there in uh, Baltimore. Though. So, yeah, around the league, it's uh, it's it's between the start of the playoff push happened starting a couple weeks ago. And now you see a few teams trying to separate, but you see the rest of the team from the AFC to the NFC teams are really, I say, trying, trying to understand, trying to get the play, understand what the playoff push means and what it is and what you have to do. You got to play basically perfect football or lights off football and obviously winning football and mistake free to get to that playoff push. Because if you don't, Team, you got to remember, this is the league pro, even though we got a bad team like the Detroit Lions that's sitting there, you know, with no wins, that's still an NFL team. And so you still got to go up and show up to play. Can't take no team for granted. And I think some of these teams that are kind of separation, uh, separating away from or maybe doing this. You don't want to, but having that mindset won't get you very far here in the NFL, Mike. Yeah. If you don't, here's the, the bottom line is there's organizations that invest in the development of their athletes so they can be the best versions of themselves. And those, those organizations usually win more than they lose. And then there's a handful of organizations that are in it for the wrong reasons. And they don't have that mentality from, if it's from ownership, general manager, coaching staff down, whoever it is, is making those decisions. They do not invest in the development of their players. And when the players feel that they do not buy into that team. 
It's it, 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 we overcomplicate yeah. the NFL or any sport. What is the way for an organization to win over the long term? Invest in the development of your most prized assets. It's so easy, and we just don't do it. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's something that is one overlooked. Don't like you said, just don't do it. And it's like, why not? Uh, look at the go back this season. Look at the teams that are at the top of their division, top of their conference, and go back and look who won Super Bowls over the last 10, 15 years. Um, and, and the one consistent, obviously, we see the Patriots right there. Um, we see Kansas City right there in the last few years. So you see these teams that now the coaches, if you, if you don't get the organization buy-in from a player, at least you get the player to buy into that coach at, at, the, yes. at, the, at the end of the day. At least to your head coach as a player, you say, you know what, I love this guy. I'm going to do whatever I need for this guy and also help my the guy next to me in that huddle, offensively or defensive huddle. I'm going to give it lay on the line because I've seen them do the same for me. I'm going to do it for them. And that's I say for one thing, obviously, that's what we had in that locker room. And in that huddle, we knew we we're going to give our left nut for each other. We we're going to play hard to the bitter end, no matter what. And it, and it showed up in some games like the Brett, you know, that Brett's game where his dad passed away before um, the game. The day before it was the Raiders. Uh, we played the Raiders out in Oakland on, on Monday Night Football 2003. That was a game where that showed up, mm-hmm. you know, win or lose that game. We we're going to play that game. All our hearts on our you know hearts out. We we're going to play hard no matter what. If we lost that game, we we're going to play hard. So I think organizations that are in the situation like the Detroit Lions, uh, like the Jets, like the Texans, because they've been up and down for a long time since the creation of their organization. They got to take notes. They got to look at the teams that are winning and be like, you know what? We got to figure this thing out and turn this around because we're basically wasting money and we're wasting these players' careers. I I say not their careers, but the time spent at our team to get no, better as you're, you're wasting your career you get drafted yeah. by a bad look you you get yeah. drafted by a bad team yeah okay like yeah. if i don't like if i don't get drafted by green bay and i get drafted by pick you pick the bad team yeah. i don't know that if that i'm me correct you know what i mean because i don't you don't know what that looks like if i have a terrible quarterback if i have a if i have a, a, a bad offensive scheme if i have if I'm playing like last year, the Texans dropped back like 70 times a game for God's sakes. Like if that's who you, if that's the team you go to, how are you going to find a lot of success? Like you right. have to kind of, you have to be put in an environment where you can grow and develop, especially now I'm, I'm different than you in that I came in as an option lineman. Like I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I literally right. needed somewhere I could develop, right? I needed Jeff Dellenbach there. I needed Frank Winters. I needed Santana yep. Dotson, Reggie White, Gilbert Brown. I needed those guys to kick my ass. Like yep. I needed that. And if you don't, if you're not put in a situation like, man, if you watch practices, oh, we talk about this forever, AG, but oh, like, yeah. You know, yeah. we practice hard. Yes. Back in the day, we practice hard. Like I remember, uh, well, uh, gosh, what was Corey's last name? Corey, uh, he was a D lineman. He went to, uh, he ended up going to Detroit, got paid a lot of money. Um, he was a great kid. Oh, Corey Williams. See, Corey Williams, man. Corey we used Williams. to beat the Played dog snot. Played at Arkansas. To, yes. We used to beat the dog snot out of Corey Williams when he was a rookie. Me and yeah. Flanagan would literally put him on his back every single day. And Corey Williams came up to me years later and was like, man, thank you. Because yep. that's how you get good. And I watch practices now and every damn practice. There's a difference between, hey, coaches, coaches and players, understand this. There is a difference between half speed and 50%. Yes. 50% is me going 50% with perfect form. Half speed is a walkthrough I'm not getting any better at. 
know yeah. the difference, right? Though it's like those little things. And if you don't institute that, like if you don't have practice standards for your team, that's why teams continue to be who they are. It's yeah. just, it's, it's tough. It is it's tough to watch. I see it myself I'm watching games and watching practices. Yes. It's, I a hundred percent agree with you. What you said It's like, when you go to a place and you're looking at like when they say the draft, when they go into the draft and they like, this is the the they'll make a line saying he's he's the saver, you know, most likely referring to a quarterback who just got drafted first round years ago. They used to say that. And it's like when you say that you're putting the weight, literally the weight of the world on that one player to kind of conflate, save that organization when it's not even on that player's uh you're shifting responsibility. Right? right. Yeah. It's like, you know where the problem is as a commentator and as, and as an organization, put it on the owner, put it on the GM, put it on uh, player development. Yep. And once you do that, then you re- then you start fixing the problem. But some teams don't want to go down that road. But like I said, like you already mentioned, that's a longer conversation and we could be on here for another hour and a half. But we're done here with all my block of Green Bay Packer podcast. So this is your host, Amon Green, and co-host, Mike Wall. We just laid it out for you. So next week is a bye week. So what are we going to do, Mike? It's a bye week. We're going to still talk about the weekend? What are we going to do? Oh, man, I think we should. It'd be fun. We yeah. know what we should do. Well, we'll, yeah, think, we'll think of something. We'll think of something good. Yeah, so we'll be back. Even though it's a bye week, we'll be back next Monday to hit you with what we're going to talk about. We'll figure it out. We'll let you know. But you got to tune in for that. So you can find me on Amon Green 30 all one word, on Instagram. And on my block is on Twitter at on underscore my underscore block. Follow it, retweet it, all that fun stuff. And I know Mike will put a tweet out there. You also, I'm going to retweet that and you can do that as well. Uh, follow up on there. And then Mike, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Yeah, Twitter at Unrivaled ESS and Process to Perform on Instagram, man. AG, it was fun as always. I appreciate you. Yeah, appreciate you too. And uh, see you next week, man. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You've always had what it takes to make it happen, and we know the right tools can make it easier. At Strayer University, we're always thinking about new ways to set you up for success. That's why we give you a brand new laptop when you enroll in a bachelor's program, so you can start off on the right foot and keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Eligibility rules, restrictions, and exclusions apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.